Welcome to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you can find links to our social media accounts. Led by Pastor Mike Deese, we meet every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Now presenting this week's message. All right, so uh, this man was uh, sitting on the edge of his bed. He was watching his wife, who was looking in the mirror at herself. And since it was her birthday uh, a few days away, he asked what she would like to have for her birthday. And she said, I'd like to be eight again, still looking in the mirror. So on the morning of her birthday, The man arose, made her a nice bowl of cocoa puffs, and then he took her to Adventure World theme park. What a day. He put her on every ride in the park, the death slide, the wall of fear, the screaming roller coaster, everything there was. Five hours later, they staggered out of the theme park. Her head was reeling and her stomach felt upside down. Then he took her to McDonald's where he ordered her a Happy Meal with extra fries and a chocolate shake. Then it was off to a movie. Popcorn, soda pop, and her favorite candy M&M's. What a fabulous adventure. Finally, she wobbled home with her husband and collapsed onto the bed, exhausted. He leaned over his wife with a big, loving smile and asked, Well, dear, what was it like being eight again? Her eyes slowly opened and her expression suddenly changed. I meant my dress size, dummy. The moral of the story, it says, is even when a man is listening, he's going to get it wrong. I'm not, I'm not claiming that. I am definitely not claiming that. Matter of fact, well, that's one of the things we're going to talk about as we go off this weekend as men. We don't get it all. We ain't getting it wrong. Okay. All right, so, you know, that's a play on, uh, you know, this guy stuff. But, you know, here's the deal. Uh, you know, even when a man is listening, he's going to get it wrong. I can tell you that, you know, that may or may not be true about men, but I know that it's true about Christians. You know, even as followers of Jesus Christ, we may be listening, but so often we get it wrong. I remember even as uh, we were in Turkey, uh, our group, uh, when I don't even remember when that was, last June, last June, uh, there was one of the exercises that we had and, and uh, with, the, with the whole team, not just ours, but the whole team, we were sitting around and, and just uh, really focusing on the Lord and, and preparing our lives and hearts. And, and one of the things, the questions was, you know, hey, I want you to just get before God and just, you know, th- allow Him to bring to mind, you know, messages, things that you are thinking. And it may be even stuff that you're hearing from the evil one, but I just want you to just kind of list this kind of stuff out and uh, you know so everybody took some time and began listing you know that stuff out as far as what they are listening to and what they're hearing and I tell you what it was a jaw-dropping experience to, to see these people that that love God and that are doing such great things to hear some of the lies that are just bombarding them 
and how they're just in, in tears, just, just weeping about, you know, hearing these things, listening to these things. And it just made me so angry to think that the father of lies is just bombarding these precious saints of God with all this stuff. And it's not just him, but it's stuff that we even say to ourselves. Today, I want to share uh, some truths that, that you've probably heard for, for many years. Uh, you've been listening to, but it may be that you're still getting it wrong. In your practical, everyday life, when it comes to experiencing that for which Jesus came, that He lived His life of perfection and then gave His perfect sacrifice over which His blood could cover every wrong that you and I have done, and, and yet still not enjoying that abundant life that He came to give to us. Uh, see, sometimes even as believers, uh, it's just happened so, so often, you know, as we begin to think these thoughts or listening to, to these messages, you know, and we see ourselves as unimportant, you know, then all of a sudden we begin to live out that. Or if we see ourselves as a victim, if you ever tell you, oh, you know, it's just, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen to me, you know, or, or something like, then, then we're going to, uh, live that out. If we see ourselves as powerless, uh, then we're going to live that out in our life. That's going to be our experience. But thousands of years ago in the Bible, God said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And the Bible teaches really clearly that our beliefs and what we're thinking determines our behavior. And, and I just want you to just kind of as we go through this uh, today, uh, just continue to ask the Holy Spirit just to speak and enable you not only to listen, but to get it right, whatever it is that, that He wants you to get today. We're, today I want us to, to look at what God says about you. The Bible says that the truth will set you free. And it is the truth that sets us free from whatever it is that, that may be robbing us of that which God wants to do in our life. We're in this study, Everything to Live For, and we're looking at 1 Peter. And today we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. So if you would grab a Bible. If you don't have a Bible and would like one, just kind of raise your hand and... Uh, uh, Steve is going to be bringing you one. You you got to you got to really want it because if you didn't see it, see that hand, you're not going to get it. But Peter's writing to discouraged believers here. Uh, these folks uh, were taking heavy hits on on their uh, view, their self esteem, their understanding because they were being persecuted, fed the lions. They were uh, uh, experiencing tremendous oppression. And it was just a tough time. And so in the first chapter, Peter says, this is what God has done for you. And we were taking a look at that, uh, chapter 1, all that God has done for you in chapter 1. And now in chapter 2, he's saying, this is what God says about you. This is what God has to say about you. And I want you to listen, and I want you to get it right. And uh, he mentioned five characteristics here, and I just want us to read this passage together, beginning with uh, verse 4, 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. He says, As you come to Him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to Him, 
You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in Him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I like what he says there. He says that he says, and the one who trusts in him in verse six will never be put to shame. Let that be our prayer this morning. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you so much for your gracious love and your presence. Thank you for extending to us not only the message of salvation, but Lord, the promise of abundant life, of victory, of understanding our relationship with you and the intimacy that you desire with each of us. Lord, we pray that each for each of us today that we would listen and would get it right. All for your glory and for our benefit. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's the deal. There are five things that uh, what God says about you that we see in those last two verses of this particular uh, passage. He says you are a chosen people. And what He's saying to them is true for us if we are a follower of Jesus Christ. If we're part of the family of Jesus Christ. He said you are a chosen people. You are a people belonging to God. You are living stones. And then 4 and 5 says, boom, there we go. You are a royal priesthood and a holy nation. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So, you know, what does all this mean to us? I mean, what, is, what does that have to do right now in my life and your life in 2019 as we are getting ready uh, to go into 2020? Amazing, isn't it? How time flies. So what's he saying to us? Uh, it's here that he, he is saying, I've got this to say about you. And, and in verse 9 he says, I like what he says here. He said, the old titles of God's people now belong to you. So he's saying this, he's saying, I know you're going through a rough time. I know that, uh, uh, that uh, what you're experiencing is definitely not what you thought. But listen, I am God and I, you are my chosen. And all that, all that I've ever said about my people, I'm saying now about you because of what I've done in Jesus Christ. And I especially what really hit me in verses 9 and 10, he says that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness. So here's the reality. 
And sometimes when we've been in church, well, the church world for a whole long time, we forget this fact. The fact is, is that when we come into this world, we are enemies of God. We are enemies of God. And uh, there, there's only one remedy to that, and that's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we may feel like we're in the light. We may think that we understand what life is all about. We may, we, we, we may say, well, I understand what you, what you mean when you say, I want to be eight again. No, but we don't apart from the inspiration of the Holy Spirit within our lives. He said, you were once in darkness and now you've been called into God's wonderful light. He says, uh, you, once you were not a people, but now you are a people. And there are some of you here today, even as followers of Jesus Christ, you are a professing believer. I, I believe you, I trust you, but you're not feeling so much like the description of what he's saying there. You're not really feeling like an important people, an indispensable people person. And that's what he wants. To, he wants to come and he wants us to say, listen, I want you to listen and I want you to understand what I'm saying to you and about you as my children. So as part of, a, part of God's family, here's the reality. And he wants to, to get it. Number one, he says, I am acceptable. That's what he said. You are acceptable. Now, we've heard that again many, many times, but sometimes we, we, we just kind of hydroplane over that. He wants you to know that you are acceptable. You know, most of us spend a lot of our lives early on, you know, trying to earn acceptance. And uh, that got us in uh, all kind of trouble, especially as kids and things of that nature. Uh, we would get, we would do crazy things. I'm sure none of you did. I did a few crazy things, you know, just thinking that, you know, people will accept me. You'll be in the in crowd, you know, and, and it's just one of those needs that we have to be accepted. But what God is saying to you that is that this, you are acceptable. When you are chosen, that, 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 that's something significant in your life. And one of the first things that Peter says here is that this, you are a chosen people. You are chosen by God. As a believer, a professor, a professing believer in Jesus Christ, God is saying to you, you are my chosen one. I chose you. I chose you. Uh, I like the other night. When was that? This past was this past Tuesday? Connie's thing. You know, um, we had a special book launch, prayer launch uh, uh, for one of our former members uh, here at uh, that uh, Connie Cobb. As uh, God has just uh, led her to, to write this particular book, and and she shared a story about how when she came to Christ here, came to to meet Him out of a a very difficult. Uh, uh, early childhood. Uh, there's things that happened in her life through sexual abuse that just really warped her good. And then so, but finally, after wrestling with God, she came to know Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior. And she was just so amazing. And she talked about uh, in the women's group when they were up there, it was pointed out to her, you know, hey, God chose you. And she goes, no, I didn't. I chose Him. You know, I, I, ch I chose Him. But but here, here's the deal. It, it turns things on its head when we understand God chose you. You know, He is the one that took the initiative. He chose you. And He's wanting you to not only to hear that, but He wants you to get that right. That is special. That is significant. You are chosen by our Heavenly Father. Many of you received Christ in your life uh, 
But we, you're still struggling with just that acceptance issue. And he's saying, I want you to settle that now. I want that to be settled in your life. Look at this first verse. It says, Christ has accepted you. Once and done. It's done. He has accepted you. So you are acceptable. Uh, the next verse there of Psalm... And some of, some of our upbringing uh, affects us on this, but it says, he says, even if my mother and father forsake me, the Lord will receive me. You know, there's some of us that had un, maybe that had unpleasable parents and it didn't matter what you did. You know, if you made a B, uh, they wanted an A. If you made an A, they wanted straight A's, whatever the case may be. And, and it began to just dictate the way you've done life and the way you've even approached God. But that's not what he says. He's saying, listen, the fact is, is that you are acceptable to me. I created you and I accept you. Accept that. So would you say that with me? Uh, let's say on three. I am acceptable. One, two, three. I am acceptable. Okay? Say that. Say that. Let the messages. Last week we talked about the power of God's Word. Well, this is God's Word. You know, and instead of saying all of these lies or, or repeating to ourselves the way we feel, let's speak truth. I am acceptable. But he goes on to say, I am valuable. Second one, I am valuable. Uh, yeah, again, we've heard this. I've heard that I'm accepted by, I've heard that I'm, but do you get, are you getting it right? Are you allowing that to sink down within the very essence of, of your being? I am valuable. What determines our value? There are two things uh, specifically that determines our value. Number one, it depends on what, what somebody's willing to pay. You know, it depends on what somebody's willing to pay. You know, what's the value of your house? Uh, some of you, you know, it's probably not as worth, you know, worth as much as some of you think it is, you know. But uh, it's, I tell you, it's worth what somebody's willing to pay. Uh, my number two son just just uh, bought a house and, uh, you know, he was asking, you know, asking my opinion on some stuff. And, you know, I was kind of throwing out what I thought it was worth. But here's the bottom line. Uh, it's worth what he was willing to pay. You know, it's what someone's willing to pay. Second thing is it depends on who's owned it in the past. You know, you've heard of some crazy stuff, you know, uh, that, that people uh, have bought because some, some celebrity or something, you know, has owned it in the past. It, it, so it depends on what somebody's willing to pay and who's owned it in the past. I was just kind of thinking about that, and, you know, so I started chasing rabbits. So let's, think, let's think about some of this crazy celebrity stuff, you know, that, you know, that they've auctioned off. Wow, Elvis Presley's underwear sold for $8,000. <laughs> I think it was his dirty underwear too, <laughs> but his Bible. I, I, I was I was glad to see this. His Bible sold for ninety four thousand dollars. Well, that's nice, you know. Now I don't know what I don't know what you could sell your underwear for, but I don't think it's probably eight thousand dollars. Uh, and you know I don't I don't know you know how much you've ever you know paid for a Bible, but probably not ninety four thousand dollars. Uh, this was weird. Justin Timberlake's half-eaten French toast was sold to a fan for $3,000. Okay, now this is getting stupid. But let me get you even more. Michael Jackson's underwear sold for $1 million. And now you're going, well, see, that's just stupid. 
And some of you are thinking the same thing about what God did for you. Because see, Jesus paid the ultimate price. The ultimate price. And you're going, ah, what different? No, 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 no. Let me, God is saying, you are acceptable, but you are immensely valuable because this is how much I paid for you. Jesus said, I will stretch it out for you. God paid a high price for you. God paid a high price. You might want to just circle that right there. High price. Jesus gave His life for you. You are valuable. So listen and get it. He said, just ask right now, Holy Spirit, help me to understand this. Help this to, to, to really go down and not just be something I'm just repeating, you know, mindlessly, but to really go down into the essence of my being. I'm acceptable. I am valuable. Peter says, you're a child of God. This is how much you're worth. Um, this is how much Jesus paid for you through the cross of Jesus Christ. Look what he says there in, in the next verse, uh, right here, 1 Peter 2, 4. He says, come to Jesus Christ. He is the living stone that people have rejected, but He was the stone God chose. And He was precious. And you are living stones that God is building into His spiritual temple. Now, some of this stuff, sometimes we go, uh, I'm not sure I get all that. But here Peter's using the illustration to really illustrate our value. He says, God's got this building project going on throughout history. And you and I are part of it. And we think we can just kind of be no show. No, no, no. He says, you are a part of it. You are part of this building. He's building this stone building, representing the church, the family of God. And he's saying, you, as my follower, are one of the stones. Come to Him. And what Jesus is saying is through this is that you are valuable. Extremely valuable to His church and to what God's doing. He, the God is building His church. The foundation, the cornerstone, the spiritual building is Jesus Christ. And He's saying you're a living stone. You are a living stone. For some of us, we're going, I don't fully get that. Living stone sounds like a contradiction, like you know, jumbo swamp or um, hot ice. It's like, living stone? I don't get it. Uh, listen, if you, ha if you found a living, talking stone right now, that'd be pretty valuable, wouldn't it? You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure this had tremendous, significant uh, insight for, for the people there uh, that Peter's talking to. But whatever it takes for God just to remind you, listen, you're you're irreplaceable. You're invaluable. This is you are valuable to me. You're a living stone, a part of what I'm doing in the world. So I am valuable. Will you say it to me? One, two, three. I am valuable. Say it. Speak it. Because these are the promises and the truth of what Jesus says about you as His children. Number three. I am capable and competent. And here's where we kind of run in the ditch a lot of times is, you know, we go, ah, I can't do this. And we start doing the negative talk and all that kind of stuff. We're not speaking truth. We're, you know, we're hearing what God says, but, but we're really not following through with what He is inviting us to do. In the Old Testament, you know, uh, Jesus, I mean, Peter says here, you are a royal priest. 
That's what he's saying. In, in verse 9, you are royal priests. In the Old Testament, you know, priests did two things. They had the right, and the privilege, and the responsibility to go directly to God. They could pray to God, talk to God, worship, fellowship. Everybody else had to go through a priest. The priest was then one-on-one with God. He's saying, you're a royal priest. Now that's you. But the second thing that the priest had the privilege of doing is representing God to the people and, and serving and meeting the needs of the people. So they would go to God, represent God to the people, minister to the people. And now Peter's coming to say, hey guys, you know, I know you're going through a lot and difficult, but I want you to know that you are capable and competent for what you are experiencing in life. What you're going through as a family, what you're going through in your marriage, what you're going through in your family, you are capable and competent given who you are in me. These things are true of me and you as believers. The, the word priest in Latin means bridge. Uh, priest is a bridge builder between God and man. And this is what he says here. You are in, in 1 Peter 2, 9, you are instruments to do his work. And he's talking about this is a holy work. This is what he's saying about me and you. We are his instruments to do his work. We are his servants. If you put it in, in experiencing God, like we are his servants to do his work. He's called us to, to show up as his servants. And then he does his work through us. We just simply show up. So every one of us, we're going, ah, you know, I go to church and all that kind of stuff and hopefully I get to heaven. But I don't, I'm not seeing myself as this invaluable piece of the building of God. He's going, oh, yeah, you are. You're capable and competent to face whatever you are going through and whatever I'm calling you to do because of who you are in me. You have this whole new identity. Don't, don't hear these things and then get it wrong. Hear these things and ask me what I mean about that. And in 2 Timothy 1.9, it's not there in your notes, but it says, He saved us and chose us for His holy work, not because we deserved it, but because that was His plan long before the world began. That was His plan, to call you into a relationship with Himself and not to just to kind of get through and skim through while we're here on earth and then get to heaven, but because He wants you to do that for which He's wanting to do in the lives of people all around. And, and, it, may, and it may be, and it may be um, and, you know, it may be just serving in some way in the church, it may be sharing the good news with somebody you meet at the cash register. It may be going to Turkey. It may be praying for Turkey. But he's saying, I've got a place for you. You're one of these stones and you are critical. Take away that stone. You begin to take away those stones and the whole integrity of the building is affected. He's going, I want you to see that. I want you to understand that you're capable and competent because of who you are in me. This next verse uh, right here uh, says, There are different kinds of service to God. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. All of you together are the one body of Christ, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part. You might want to highlight or circle necessary part. Stop, stop. We need to just stop just going... Hey, I'll let somebody else take care of that. Oh, I'm not feeling real good today. No. Uh, 
Just get in there. You know, we, we're in the right smack dab in the middle of the heart of football season, you know. And some of us had good days yesterday. Don't always have, you know, good days, but right smack dab. But there's an expectation. You know, it don't matter if you just, if you got a little bump or bruise or not. No, you get in there. And if we're going to do that for football, we're talking about the kingdom of God. We're talking about people that are all around us that are listening but they're getting it all wrong. And God wants you to come alongside of them and, and speak truth. Help them to understand the love of Jesus Christ. Help them to understand that even though they think they're in the light, they're in darkness. Help them to come out of this place of feeling like, I'm not a people. I'm just you know going through the motion. No, no, no. Say, in Jesus, you are a people. You are valuable, you're acceptable, you're capable, you're competent for whatever you're facing in your life. Wow. God's saying this. I want you to, I want you to see this. I want you to understand this. And I want, I want you to, to use the gifts that I've given you. I want you to use your life because you're a necessary part of it. Because if you've you've heard it said many times. Listen, if you're not if if you're not offering what God has empowered you to do and gifted you to do and shaped you to do, then everybody around you is getting cheated. And you're going, yeah, but no, 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 yeah. The, oh, are you going to call God a liar? That's what He's saying. No. If I don't use mine, then you get cheated. If you don't use yours, we get cheated. You're a necessary part of it. I am capable and competent according to what God's Word has to say. On three, say it with me. One, two, three. I am capable and competent. Thank you, Lord, by His grace. Number four. I am forgivable. Yay. You know, that's one of the things that we treasure so much. But uh, even as believers, and I continue to, to walk alongside of believers, you know, just think that whenever there's problems, you know, God is getting even with you or, you know, God's getting back at you, you know, or just there's this question of God. And it's amazing. And we, we just don't know our father. It's kind of like the guy that was driving up to Gatlinburg and on the way up it started snowing. You know, this guy's got it all together. He's got chains. How many of you got chains for your tires for snow? Anybody? Come, Clark. Come, really? See, see, he, that's a, he's prepared. All right. So, you know, he, so he got out to put the chains on his, uh, on his tires. Another car came up, slammed to his car, knocked his car off the cliff. So, so he just started walking to his cabin. He got finally, you know, got to his cabin and he turned the corner and saw that his cabin had burnt down. And he starts just beating himself against the head. He goes, why me, God? Why me? And the heavens parted and the voice said, because some people just ticked me off. Now you're laughing about that, but you know what? We kind of get, we kind of go there. We kind of go, oh, yeah, I deserve that. Yeah, I deserve that. Oh, that's not at all how God treats us. Some of us feel that, you know, uh, it's again, uh, we go back, we go back to this performance oriented deal, but Isaiah tells us this, I am the God who forgives your sins and I do this because of who I am. I will not hold your sins against you. I do this because what? You deserve it, right? 
I do this because you got, no, no, I do this because of who I am. Wow, thank you, God. What an amazing God we serve. Once we're in darkness, now we're in light. Once we're not a people, now we're a people. Let God speak that truth into your life and to my life. If we're in Jesus Christ, we've received Him as our Savior. There's no condemnation. He doesn't rub it in. He rubs it out. He doesn't rehearse it. He releases it. Stop listening to those condemning messages. The Father of lies is going to continue to try to condemn, but there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This gives us a license. No, Paul says, hey, listen, grace is amazing. But it's not a license to go out there, but it's, it, is, it is an invitation to experience all that God is. To experience His love, to experience His forgiveness and the difference that that forgiveness brings. You know, uh, I read about one pastor who said every single Sunday there was a lady that came up to, to, to him and said, you know, God's convicted me about such and such a sin. God's convicted me about such and such a sin. And every week it was something different. And, and finally he just said, does he ever say anything nice to you? Let me ask you, when's the last time that, that you've heard that? I love you. You are my child. You are forgiven. It'd be, it'd be interesting if we just kind of tallied up how many times we're just listening and receiving these messages, these negative lies, which result in just so much devastation in our culture and in our world. Uh, there's just an epidemic, epidemic going on. Of... Um, and it's in the church. It's in the Christian community. You know, depression, you know, mental illness, uh, lies, struggles. And it's just, it's just amazing. We need, to, we need to sit up and say, God, You are at work. God, You are a big God. What are You, what are you doing? What am I doing? What, is we, what are we as a church? Are we allowing the truth of God, the Word of God to come in? And to take precedence. Um, look at this next verse in Ephesians 1 uh, 4. It says, Though uh, through what Christ would do for us, God decided to make us holy in his eyes without a single fault. How many of us go around going, Man, I'm I'm holy without a single fault? We stand before him covered with his love. It's not something we earn. It's not something we achieve. It's something that happens as a result of God's amazing grace that we were singing about earlier. And we come in and we say, God, I am acceptable. Not because of anything that I've done, but because of what you've done. I am valuable. Not because I achieved this, but because of who I am in you. God, I am capable and I am competent and I am forgivable. You have forgiven me. You've washed my sins as far as the east is from the west. And your love covers me. Your love covers me. Say it with me. One, two, three. I am forgivable. Amen. So how does that mean we should live? A couple of verses here on your outline uh, and here on the screen. Um, you were chosen to tell about the wonderful acts of God who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. 
We need to marinate and soak in God's love and then acknowledge that He's chosen us as His children. We are chosen to tell about His wonderful deeds. And, and, and you, may, I don't have, you may be saying, I don't have a whole lot to tell, tell about what's going on. My, no, 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 but we can tell about what He's got. He, you know what? He'll take a people that are not a people and make them a people. He'll take a people that feel totally uh, devalued and meaningless and He'll say, I will give you value and meaning. People that feel like they will never be forgiven and through the blood of Jesus Christ they're completely covered in it. People, even as believers who've been just receiving and receiving these lies from the Father of lies, and breaking those chains of dependence, those hurts and habits and hang-ups, and allowing Jesus to come and bring about freedom. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And He wants us to tell about that. 1 Peter 2, Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. How does, how does He want us to live? He wants us to live as His children Listening. Listening. Lord, I'm listening. I'm listening to what you have to say, not what my feelings have to say, not what others have to say, not what the world. I'm listening to you. And that means we're getting in His Word. We're allowing His Word to speak to us. And I am repeating what you say more than I am repeating all this stinking thinking. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to speak... Your truth. And Lord, I'm going to keep asking you, what do you mean? When you, when you say, Mike, you are forgiven, I'm going, help me, am I, am I hearing this clearly? You mean I'm totally 100% forgiven? He goes, yep. I'm hearing what God has to say. I'm asking Him just to, Make sure that I'm not just listening and then going off on my own and, and, and thinking I'm hearing it right, but I'm asking Him. And what He's going to come back to is this. He's going to say, you are acceptable. You are valuable. You are competent. You are capable. You are forgiven. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank You for this opportunity to just come and allow You just to bathe us in Your presence. Holy Spirit, would You just speak to us today? And as we're sitting here, just Lord, I pray that You um, would just wrap Your loving arms because You know exactly what some, some here need, uh, need to hear from You. And it may be that there, there's some of you that you know, you've just been living and languishing in your life and, and you've just not you've not just allowed God to speak value over you. And today He's saying, please let me in. Let me show you how valuable you are. Maybe there's some of you that's been you've been dealing with this issue and these problems uh, for so long. And, and, and you've acted like you're powerless. You, you've kind of acted like a victim. Peter came into this situation. God led him to speak to these people and encourage them in, in a very, very difficult situations. So much oppression. 
being attacked. And he's saying, listen, this is what God's done for you and this is who you are as a child of God. Maybe today you're, you're here and you're just kind of numb because you've never allowed the Lord just to come and speak His truth and affirm His truth in your life that you are forgiven, you are cleansed. Maybe right now He's just inviting you to believe Him. That's what Jesus always said. Just believe. He didn't ask us to do anything. Just believe. Just believe. And He's saying something to you right now. He's saying, you know that, you know that thing that keeps coming to mind? That keeps pushing you back and pushing you down? That you feel so much guilt and shame over? You are forgiven. You are forgiven. You are loved. Perhaps today you're here and you've been doing a lot of church stuff and religious stuff, but the fact of the matter is you feel like you're, you're just still in the dark. And a personal living Lord right now today is knocking on your heart's door and He's saying, listen, I didn't come to make you religious. I came that you may know me. And have a relationship with me. And He is inviting you to trust Him as your personal Lord and Savior today. He's not asking you that you understand everything, but He's asking you to acknowledge His presence and His knock on your heart's door today and saying, listen, You've been trying to do it. You've been trying to achieve it. All this stuff. It's never going to work. Listen, come into my marvelous light. You can simply do that by just saying, Jesus, I believe that You are the Son of God. I believe that You loved me and You came and You lived on this earth some 2,000 years ago perfectly and then You gave Your life for me on the cross and Your blood was shed to cleanse me and to forgive me. And then you were resurrected so that you could give me your life and not just be out there, but to come in and be in my heart. I, I don't understand it all, but I believe. I believe. And I ask you to come in and I turn. I turn uh, from my way of thinking, my way of doing life to you. I'm trusting You. I'm believing You. Father, we just thank You that Your grace is amazing. Your love is wonderful. And today You're offering Your rich grace. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.